Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And this time we're going to be reviewing Abdalrahman II. Okay. Uh, yes. So I'm, I'm guessing we are in the south. We are back in the south. Last time we were in the north with Alfonso II. Right. Yes. So we're we're getting into the period where there's been enough stability on both sides that we're going to have a lot of repeat names. Yes, um, we we are getting into the numbers part of mm-hmm. our podcast where it's All not right. just a, a one and done. We are actually going to have some names, some names that people will want to be named after. Right. I was going to we've 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 achieved the point where there's actually hi- history that we want to remember. So Abd al-Rahman II is the son of Al-Hakam, who was our mm-hmm. last southern king. That yes. Just. Abdel Rahman II has a couple of nicknames. One of them is Abu al Motref, which means mm-hmm. the victorious. Oh well, I, I think we know how his story is going to end. Yes, uh, all right. And this <laughs> and this relates to the many many campaigns that he took against the northern king. His other nickname is Al Ausat, which is less mm. interesting. It means the middle. <laughs> okay. This is not because he was a middle child or anything. Okay. He was actually the eldest son of Al-Hakam, but he is the second Abdal Rahman, and there are going to be three. I see. I see. So this well, is a this is a pep in the short, pep in the middle. Yeah, the better. Well, be- better the middle than like the Fredo for Three Stooges fans, the Larry. So he was born in the year seven ninety two, mm. probably towards the end of the year, November or December. He was the son of Al Hakam, as I mentioned. Yes, His mother's yes. name was Halawa, and he was the oldest son. Okay. And when he became king at the age of 31 years old. Good age to become yeah, king. Yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty good age. You know, he wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't a baby and he no. had enough experience. Not always great experience, though, I may, I must say. You may remember from Al Hakam's episode, the, uh, the Massacre of the Ditch. Yes. Oh, this called. is the guy with the twitch. This is the guy with the twitch. This is the guy with the twitch. Oh, this one. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. So for our <laughs> listeners who may not remember, who who may have been a while since they listened to Al Hakam's yes. episode, Al Hakam was very upset at the inhabitants of Toledo for being rebellious and disrespectful and writing poetry slams about yeah, him. Yeah, mostly they were just throwing a lot of industrial amounts of shade. And Al Hakam felt that this was just not on. So he created yeah. all this subterfuge where he yes. could construct a military barracks in the mm-hmm city and then go to visit it yeah. invite everybody there for a party and right. then massacre them and throw them in a ditch yeah. and your, this all your majesty in- i i noticed that the, the 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 plans that you've laid out are called operation pretense wondering what that means never mind just come to my party <laughs> yeah something like 700 people were massacred and right. uh, this all happened in front of al hakam's then 12 year old son <laughs> abdal rahman the second oh he learned a lesson or two that day and none of them are good well it but Al-Qutiyah points out that he had a twitch in his left eye for the rest of his life ever since that point. <laughs> I'm shocked that it was only that. I myself would require depends for the rest of my life. <laughs> Lord. Now, Abdel Rahman II, as he got a little bit older than 12, did mm-hmm. participate in other military activities under his father. Right. For example... Probably at the start of every one, he said, now you promise me, you <laughs> promise me, this is not going to be like last time. 
Well, they were. One of them was against Bera, the uh, mm-hmm. Count of Barcelona. He's mentioned right. in that yes. campaign, which was it was successful in pushing back Bera, but it did not take back Barcelona. Right. So we see him pop up here and there. He's clearly being prepared mm. to be king. He's seriously interning. Yes, um, he is we... seriously interning. Right. And he becomes king in the year 822. 822. Oh, all right. Yes. Well, we, we we commented on the fact that despite his, you know, choppity choppiness, Al-Hakam did, in fact, reign for a very long time, 26 years. He so, reigned for a very long time. Yeah, and yeah. towards the end of his reign, it was very stable. Probably yes. because he killed a bunch of people and dumped yeah, them in a ditch. He was very much aware of, oh, I'm going to die and hell is real. Well, I guess I better, well, time for the turn. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. At the end of his life, he became very religious. Very pious, yes. Mm -hmm. But the damage, or the benefit, I suppose, had been done. And and when Abdel Rahman becomes king, it's Mm -hmm. very quiet. Right. There's there's no... A lot of empty chairs at this table. I wonder, oh, right. There's no uprisings. No one is trying to take over. As a matter of fact, in the uh, Akbar Mahmuha, it says this about Abdel Rahman's first couple years. Mm. Quote, when he took power, the situation of the state was calm and well-established. So mm-hmm. he devoted himself to his diversions and sensual pleasures. Oh, he lived no. like one who had gone to paradise and found everything the heart desired and everything that pleased the eye. Oh, in the 21st century, we would say he acted like somebody who just won the lottery. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. Okay. Well, Fortunately for history, I suppose, and fortunately for the kingdom of, of Al-Andalus, right. while Abd al-Rahman II did like women and food and mm-hmm. jewels and yes. things of that nature, he also liked poetry and music oh, oh, and science. Okay. Astronomy. Right. He all liked right. these things. He was definitely in the mold oh. of, of Hisham. Yeah, in no, this absolutely. Way. I was going to, you know, this is sort of a Charles II. I mean, he's a party boy, but he's also, let's build a royal society. Um, yes. Okay, okay. I so like a lot, a lot of things that uh, we think of as, when we think of the splendor of Al-Andalus, when we mm-hmm. think of, it's called the convivencia, which means living together, which mm. is... You know, Jews and Muslims and Christians, this multicultural society. Right. It started here. It started ah, here with Abdel Rahman II. Right. He he had one of the most well-established courts mm-hmm. uh, that we have seen so far, and we've seen some pretty well-established. We courts. have indeed. We have yes. yes. So Abdel Rahman, for example, patronized well-known musicians. One mm-hmm. named Zirab, who Al Makari goes on and on and on and on oh, about he, this guy. He, he's a fanboy, is he? He is a fanboy. Let me see. So Zirab was a musician, mm-hmm. and there's stories about how he he had to leave his homeland back in the Middle East because of I don't know some woman. This is a oh, long right. tale. Right, right. He you know. comes to Allah the kind of reasons why traveling musicians usually have to pick up and move. Oh yes, no, it was very. <laughs> much that but he was invited to Abdel Rahman II's court and he goes mm. and while he is there he becomes the favorite of Abdel Rahman II and so he Absolutely. composes all kinds of music for the court which is played mm. regularly and while he's there he also improves the lute so the instrument oh. that they used to play he decided to tinker with it and yeah. uh, and made it better he added another string 
uh, oh. to the loot, oh, and right. had, uh, uh, which increased, you know, the the types and kinds of music that could be played on it. Mm-hmm. It is also said, and again, this is in Al-Makari, mm-hmm. uh, that Zir- Ziryab was also learned in astronomy and geography. Uh, oh, all one these of those kinds of things. Po- yeah, okay, polymath, polymath, polymath. He was definitely a polymath. He was very into fashion. There's a whole <laughs> long paragraph about how he, uh, and this cracked me up when I read it. Mm. So apparently, even back, we're talking the 800s. This is the mm-hmm. 800s. You could only wear white in the summer. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. And after a Emily certain- Emily Vanderbilt is smiling somewhere. And after uh, a certain point, when it became fall, you were no longer allowed to wear white clothes. You had to switch over to your winter clothes. Of course. And the same thing in the spring, you couldn't start wearing white until a certain date. Right. Well, Memorial Ziryab, Day and Labor Day. We Memorial Day and we, Labor Day. Yeah, exactly. We, That's exactly yes. what I thought. Yes, exactly. Well, apparently Zirya popularized a third type and style of clothing with fabrics to be worn in the spring and the fall to get oh, you in between summer and nice, winter clothes. Nice. All right. Yeah. Transitional, transitional uh, uh, looks. I like yes. this. It's it's just hilarious. So this is just an example of the kinds of people that Abdel Rahman II would invite to his court. Okay. Uh, this All is right. this is the most famous, but it's I'm, it's indicative I'm, of the type of courts. I'm liking this. I'm liking the the vibe here. This is this is nice. Mm-hmm. He also started the tradition of having ministers come to the court to give him their opinions at a specific time and like. Every time he asked, right? So before what it would be is if a minister thought of something, they would, you know, come and petition the court and they would present their idea and discuss with the emir and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Abdul Rahman II said, all right, we're going to have minister time now. At this time, on this day, all of my ministers are going to come and we'll talk about important things. Okay, so we're having cabinet meetings now. Cabinet meetings, That's basically what this is. This is cabinet meetings. Good. Yes. And also... that po- politically speaking, that's very good. If if you are the king or the equivalent, you want to be the one that sets the time. You want to be the one that sets the agenda. It waiting for your ministers to come to you, it, it just sends the wrong message about your authority. He was also very involved in improving Cordoba mm-hmm. specifically, but just the the kingdom in general. So okay. Amakari says that he expended large sums in building palaces, laying out pleasure gardens. He mm. supplied them with water from the mountains. So he built basically aqueducts. Aqueducts, yes. Yeah, to, to bring. And then at the remainder would be collected in cisterns for people to use. Oh. He built bridges. He built several mosques. He built uh-huh. several... Yes, he built several smaller mosques in Cordoba. And he also built the, the Grand Mosque in Seville. So mm. this is his work. And he uh, expanded the Grand Mosque in Cordoba. Right, I was Yeah. I remember that you mentioned that he was someone who took it from a fairly humble structure to something that was becoming uh magnificent. So that's actually going to be Abdel Rahman the 3rd. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. All right. But Abdel Rahman did add two basically porticos. On okay. The outside All right. Because when Abdel Rahman the 1st built it, it was basically mm. just the prayer room and mm. i mean it was grand and large and sure. beautiful but it was just the one room so the two porticos right. were started by okay. abdel rockman the second all right okay and he did not finish it his son will finish finish oh. this expansion but all right. well you know was, you, you get yeah. credit for starting the work though okay. you do all right. this is what abdel rockman the second is probably 
most remembered for, which is why I wanted mm. to lead with it. Okay. Is oh. his, uh -oh. his um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's other things to talk about. Oh but, no! But what I what I wanted to start with it was, was going the, so well. <laughs> the court, the splendor, mm -hmm. the living a life of pleasure, but not right. necessarily, you know, degenerate. Although, although he was uh, a little bit degenerate, I was oh, going to save oh. this for the end, but I'll tell oh, you right goody. now. Oh no. The Spanish Wikipedia article says that he was perdidamente mujeriego, which cracks me up. Oh. It means a hopeless womanizer. Wow. Yeah. All right. I just I just love that turn of phrase. Perdida means lost. So oh, perdidamente God. mujeriego just cracks me the wow. heck up. Al Hakam left a lot of children. You remember that? I think oh, it was like uh, 50, oh, right? Oh, my Lord. Okay. No, that was his father. Yeah. Al Hakam left 50 kids. Okay. All and right. I remember pointing it out and saying, I don't know that I believe that because it says 25 are were boys and 25 are girls. And I was like, Oh, this seems... right. I do remember that. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this that's... seems fake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Abdel Rahman apparently left 200 children. Oh, Lordy Lou. 150 oh. boys, 50 girls. Wow. Uh huh. Well, yes. I, I believe those numbers more. On the other hand, they're round numbers, and I'm very suspicious. They um, are round numbers. He yeah. loved his wives and concubines. Yeah, he a did. A lot. There's yeah, a story of Abdel Rahman II, who he had a favorite concubine, who one day got angry with him over some slight, stormed mm. off to her room, and would not see him anymore. He oh. was so distraught at this that he ordered that a bag of money be placed outside her door every day until <laughs> she, you know, opened her door and came to, to see him. Mm -hmm. And there were apparently... So many bags of money that when she opened the door, they all fell in and spilled into her room. Okay, yeah. And he just all kept right. giving her money until she nice. finally, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah. Love it, love it. Yep. 200. So, oh, 200 wow. children. There's a, there's a, speaking of Charles II, who this guy is really reminding me of, there's a uh, story Yes, he's that, very Charles II. There's a story that at one point, uh, one of Charles's courtiers came up to him and said, you know, essentially, oh, sire, you are a father to your people. And he said, well, a great many of them, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is definitely true of Abdel Rahman II. All right. right. We're going to talk about some other interesting things that happened during mm -hmm. his reign. <laughs> well, wow. All right. If this, I know. Is, we, if, this we, is, if this is the preliminary stuff, good Lord. We already have enough stuff for yeah. like to make a rating right now. He's already going to get a good score. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. But let's talk about some other things. First of all, war. Yeah. He didn't have to do a lot of internal fighting at the beginning of his reign. Okay. However, there were regular sallying forth, right. I suppose, against the Kingdom of Asturias. Yeah, no, we, we've talked about this. There's The, it, the war is intramural. I mean, we're yes. just, we're... We, oh, it's it's is it is it baseball season again? Is it war season again? All right, it's let's war put a team season again. And, yeah, okay, sure. Yes, not a huge amount of stuff happens in the case of moving the borders back and forth. Sure, but there are several, shall we say, wins recorded by Al Makari. Okay. Well, so, he's only going to record the wins now. He is only going to record the wins. Right after he uh, became king, he mm -hmm. decided to start off with a bang and invaded Galicia. 
As you do. As you do. Remained there for a considerable time, laid the countryside to waste. Uh-huh. But this is where he gets his, his nickname of the, the Victorious. Victorious. Okay. Yes. All right. Then in 823, he went to the other side of Asturias against Alava and the castles. Wow, Abdel he is Kar- not wasting any time. No. Okay. Abdel right. Karim actually led this second one, which is crazy to me. I can't believe this guy is still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Cannot <laughs> believe this guy is alive. Uh, yeah. He does not live for very much longer after this. <laughs> Good. But Honestly, I, he's earned the rest. I think it's amazing that he led a military campaign this late in oh, his that must have been life. the crankiest campaign in history well according to again al-makari abdul mm-hmm. karim ravaged the country destroyed many towns that lay in his way reduced mm-hmm. by force of arms several of the enemy's fortresses some of which obtained security and peace on condition of releasing all their muslim captives and paying the customary annual tribute we mm. talked about the tribute in al-hakam's or right. in alfonso the second episode right right this is a new thing that is happening and honestly this is why abdul rahman the second is able to be so Ford. generous with his yes, buildings. Gonna, they're, they're, the money has to come from somewhere. Yes, the money has to come from somewhere, and this is where the money is coming mm. from. Mm. It is coming from taking money from tributes from towns right. to capture. You're like, okay, mm. this isn't going to be part of Al-Andalus. We're not going to set up a fortress. We're right. not going to garrison soldiers here. We can't mm. hold this. Right. However, it was to extract tribute. No, this is more a protection racket than it's anything else. It's more a else. protection racket, right? Exactly. And and we sort of talked about the fact that this is we're sort of reaching a point where the original purpose of the Muslim presence was to invite conversion, and now we're sort of at a point where actually there's a certain number of Christians and non-Muslims that we want mm-hmm. uh, in because. From them, we can exact this kind of tribute. We don't, exactly. you know, we're not prevented. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, exactly. All right. At about this time, so that was at 823. These first two, the invasion of Galicia and then the invasion of Alava were both right at, at right. the beginning of his mm-hmm. reign. Then we have a little break from any big news in the north. However, mm-hmm. Abdel Rahman II then has to turn to an internal problem, which will eventually cause problems with the north. And oh, this no. is a rebellion no. in Merida. Ah. All right. So Merida is a city that we've heard tons about. It's in the southwest-ish, south-middle-ish of Spain, kind mm-hmm. of uh, over. It's in the uh, the province, the modern-day uh, Comunidad Autónoma of Barajos, oh, which okay. is on the border with Portugal. With Portugal, yeah. Right, okay. so, it, so it's right. kind of there. Right now, there is a rebellion going on in Merida, led mm-hmm. by a man named Muhammad. <laughs> well, there are right a ahead. lot of men named Muhammad. Yeah. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take too much. Look too much. No, no. I was. You know, if we if we get upset every time in this podcast somebody is named Jesus, it's just we'll never get anywhere. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. All right. It was actually a pretty bloody and difficult rebellion to put down. Okay. However, the Arabic sources spin it uh, in such a way to make Abdel Rahman II look very kind and merciful. So... <laughs> As in, he didn't draw out their killings. <laughs> well, Abdel Rahman II takes up positions around Merida for the siege. Right. And the Akbar Mahmuha uh, relates mm-hmm. it thusly. 
quote, when things were desperate for the besieged, he watched his troops scaling the battlements and getting over them while the people of Manardell were too weak to resist. He he heard the screams of the women, the wailing of the children, and the clamor of lamentation, and so he gave the order to suspend action and stop the troops from killing them. Right, we're kicking puppies at this point, people. Come on. Then he summoned his ministers and commanders and said to them, you all know how our guard and our infantry have vanquished these deluded ones. We have suspended (laughs) action against them only because of the command of God, praised be he, and in Mm -hmm. in fear that their children and little ones will perish and those who are blameless and have no part in this. We think only of gaining Uh, a victory, whereas God recommends forgiveness and pardon. So I have decided to withdraw. Ah, all right. Can you imagine the look on his commander's face at this point? we're, We're just, we're at the five yard line sir can we just no 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 the quote continues when they see how we have spared them and how god has watched over them they will sue for peace if not then god will know and he is powerful enough to take revenge and help us to beat them and make us victorious and crush them okay okay well he's the king so they agree i mean yeah no i mean it's it's not as though i'm I'm not opening up this for debate people. No, it wasn't uh, a debate. It was a command. The yeah. Akbar Magmula then finishes this section by saying, they had not withdrawn more than a day's march before messengers arrived announcing their submission and offering mm-hmm. friendship. And I'm, I'm sure his immediate underlings in, said to him, I'm be honest with you, man. I did not see that coming. You were right. Uh, you were right. Th- I, that, I, I, I that's guess. why you're king. That's, that's why you're king. why you're king. <laughs> and now all I wonder is, uh-huh. So what really happened? I have no idea what really happened. Obviously, something really happened. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, 100% not what happened. That is, whatever it was, it wasn't that. It was not that. Well, there's also no information, apart from one thing, about any punishment that Merida may have suffered because of this uprising. The only thing that is mentioned is that Muhammad himself was exiled. Ah, oh well. I mean, I, if if I were he, I would essentially stand in front of the city and said, "Man, you guys are lucky. My, my father's not here. Because if he was, I'll tell you what he would do." Well, the story doesn't end there. Oh no, <laughs> because Muhammad decides in his exile that he's going to go to Galicia. Oh no, and he shows up again in the Christian sources. <laughs> no. So now we're going to get to quote from the Chronicle of Alfonso III, which we don't normally get to do no, we, in I, a Southern we, King episode. Wow, yeah, hop over. Okay. Yes. So this is during Alfonso II's reign. We're, we're roughly parallel here. Right. And the Chronicle of Alfonso II says, in Alfonso's time, a certain man by the name of Muhammad, a citizen of Merida and a Muwalad, remember that means that a family that was originally Christian but converted. Right, they had converted, sure. Uh, a Muwalad by birth rebelled against King Abdelrahman and fought many battles with him, putting his armies mm-hmm. to flight. When he was yeah. no longer able to inhabit his country, which is a really polite way of saying yeah. that you were kicked he out. lost, yeah. <laughs> when he was no longer able to inhabit his country, Muhammad turned to Alfonso, and the king received him with honor. Oh, you weasel. For okay. seven years, he lived in the province of Galicia with all of his followers. Wow. Okay. How many of how many is all? I mean, it does not say how many okay. is all. However, you call them a weasel, and what did we learn yep. in this podcast? Uh-huh. Never trust a weasel. Never trust a weasel. The yep. Chronicle of Alfonso the Third continues. Uh-huh. Then, puffed up with pride, he vainly conspired against the king and the country. 
Oh no! I mean, it didn't work with Abdel Rahman the second, but maybe it'll work for Alfonso the second. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- this guy is a Christian. I'm sure he's weak. <laughs> he gathered his allies, assembled his army, and pillaged the land. When uh-huh. Alfonso learned what had happened, he assembled his army and hastened to Galicia. Yeah. He when did. Muhammad heard the king was coming, he made for a strong fortress with his allies. The king and his army pursued Muhammad and surrounded him in the fortress. What more shall I say? On the same day, no, that's I'm still quoting. All right, no, I figured you were, and my, you know, that's a phrase that when it appears in the in any chronicles, whatever comes after it isn't good. Well, what comes after it is Mm -hmm. on that same day, Alfonso's army attacked, killed Muhammad, and brought his decapitated head to the king. There it is. That's yes. what happens. That's yeah. what happens. That's what, what Abdel Rahman II should have done. But you yep. know what? I don't think he felt too bad about it because it wasn't his problem. True. Uh, his whole approach, according to the story, was, eh, let God sort it out. Well, God sorted he it did. out. He did. It was it was sorted. Mm-hmm. So that that is the first internal issue that uh, Abdel Rahman II really had to deal with mm-hmm. when it comes to fighting. Okay. The second one was uh, Vikings. Okay. All right. So this is something that I will be straight up. This surprised me when I oh, read about it. Oh, because oh, it? why on earth would that be? Well, I think it's just because you hear. Okay, so we are in the early to mid eight hundreds at this yes. time. This yes. is when Alfred the Great is losing all of his territory to the Danes and baking right. cakes in the swamp or whatever, no, right? No, I mean, this so is, this is uh, the time. This is we're the time. In, we're in we're in Beowulf time here. This we is, are. This is, this is when that stuff is happening for sure. However, uh, I know of this in English history and in French history because yes. there's so much Spanish? influence, right, of the northern peoples uh-huh. on these two countries, and there's really none in Spain. It never even occurred to me that there would be Viking attacks in Spain. But once uh-huh. I read about this, I was like, of course there are. Why would they yeah. not? I mean, it's a peninsula. Indeed, indeed. It's just, it's very far away. On the other hand, these are the people who discovered Greenland. So, yes, uh, they went uh, all the way to Newfoundland in uh, Canada for crying out loud. They know what they're doing. All right. Okay. Um, So, they first came. The Vikings first came to Asturias. We have not mm-hmm. talked about it yet because this was after Alfonso II had passed. Ah, all right. And so his successor, Ramiro, is the one who's going to deal with it. So okay. we'll pick that back up when we go back to the north. Okay. However, after doing their bit up north, they decide, let's go around and see what's on the other side uh, of this peninsula. Uh, the, the coastline heck? keeps going. The why should Why should we stop? Keeps going. So why should we stop? So they did not stop. And they went around and they eventually got to the Guadalquivir River, which, which mm. lets out at Cadiz, basically. But if you go up, you will get to Seville. Seville mm. is a huge port. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where all of the expeditions for the Americas left from. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it is not surprising that the Vikings got there. No, so no, the Vikings indeed. attacked Seville. And this uh-huh. was in, yes. <laughs> I, I just we want to imagine Vikings encountering Viking. formerly, you know, sort of ex-caliphate Muslims and 
wow, there's no overlap here. We have there's nothing zero to say overlap. to one another. That's the, that's the other thing. It's like, oh my gosh, it's a real clash of cultures here. Yeah, in the sense that you have a culture and we have a culture and I don't, the pieces don't fit in they any don't. way. <laughs> so in the year 844, the Vikings mm -hmm. get to Seville. Good Lord. They show up at the Guadalquivir with their logboats and the inhabitants panicked Lose and fled their the minds city. because of course they do i mean what do you even how do you I mean, even this react is, these to are, that this is martians landing on the lawn of the white house who the hell knows what to do yes so apparently there was almost zero resistance right when the vikings showed up everyone just fled to the countryside yeah. and went into hiding yep so abdel rockford was like okay like I gotta uh, do something about this. Yeah. So he gathers up forces from Cordoba, marches mm -hmm. from Cordoba to Seville to attempt to take back the city. All right. He also gets basically anybody who he can call a client to help okay. out. Okay. Right? Yeah, definitely a group effort on this, this one. This is They're a group Vikings. effort. Yes. And this is where we hear again of a familiar face who we're going to talk a little bit about at the end of this episode. The volunteers from the marches were led by Musa Ibn Qasi. Wow. You remember the Banu Qasi? That's, that's a name. Yes. That's a name. So the Banu Qasi, mm -hmm. Qasi come from Cassius. Count Cassius. You remember him? Yes. One Count, of the Count, first yes. converts. What, right. This is his descendant. Good Lord. Okay. Yes. Threads, threads. Okay. So <laughs> Abdul Rahman called him up and said, hey, you know, you remember when you agreed that you would convert to Islam and right. you wouldn't bother me and then you could stay in power mm -hmm. up in like yeah. Pamplona and be remember, in there. Yeah, remember, rem that? remember all of that? And you thought, well, okay, what could, what's, what's the worst that could happen? What could well, possibly guess, happen? Guess what? <laughs> well, Vikings could happen. Vikings. So Musa, according to Ibn Al-Qutiyah, Musa Ibn Qasi shows up and helps to fight the Vikings. All right, good. So at this point, the Vikings have basically taken Seville. Yeah, they the Grand have. Mosque is on fire from no! fire arrows, and uh... yeah, the the Cordoban forces and the volunteers from the marches basically set up a position around the city, mm -hmm. get into it in the dead of night, so that the the mm -hmm. Vikings don't know that they are there. They're basically holding up in like village churches and using Ugh. the church spires to use as signal fires to send oh. messages to each other. Good like Lord. it's it's All it's right. pretty intense. Eventually, they do enter the city of Seville. Fighting mm -hmm. was extremely mm -hmm. fierce, but eventually the Vikings did return to their boats and yeah. Actually, they went further up river first, which was kind of the wrong way that they were no, hoping. They went to Sidonia no, and sacked no. that town first. Yeah. But eventually they did turn around and leave, never to mm -hmm. return to Spain. They were never uh, heard from again. All right. Well, good. Now, at this point, I was going to tell you a great story uh -huh. about a couple of Vikings who were left behind or decided to stay in Seville for some reason what? and lived there for centuries and centuries and became uh, cheesemakers. <laughs> However, literally yeah. just last year, I found out that that entire story was just made up by Levi Provençal when he oh, wrote damn. his history back in the 50s. Oh, damn. Made up out of whole cloth. Oh. Whole so I'm sorry, there are no anyway, Viking cheesemakers right. in Seville. All right. Well, but if you come that's... across that story... It's still a good story. It's a, it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story. 
That is, is wonderful. A great story. There was I should some... be mad, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so there were some interesting outcomes from mm-hmm. the Viking sack of Seville. Yeah. Apart, apart from the obvious. Sure. First of all, they built a wall. Yes. Around <laughs> well, Seville. the obvious is for the first few years, everyone said, what the hell was that? What just happened? <laughs> But once they got over that, they built a wall. Seville had okay. not been a walled city before this. All point. right. Okay. The second thing they did was they built a fleet at yeah, Seville. Yeah, because they might come back. Yes. Now, this is the first reference we have to a standing fleet. We have heard of, like, boatness yeah. when it comes to yeah, yeah. the south of Spain. Sure. I'm sorry, I don't know how else to put that. There have been boats. There have been fights on boats. But this is the first fleet. Okay. All right. And it was put together specifically at Seville. We couldn't have yacht poetry unless there we had boats. So yes. Well, that was the Visigoths. But um, but yeah. So this is the uh, the Emirate putting together their first fleet, and it actually they they put it together to guard against any more Viking attacks, which did not come. Mm. As you Mm. said, it's pretty far. Right? Okay. I don't think any other Vikings got that far. Right. However, okay. they did use the fleet just a few years before the end of Abdal Rahman II's reign to oh. conquer the Balearic Islands. Oh, all right. So the Balearic Islands, Ibiza, are now, and, yeah, yes, I, I, Iorca, Menorca. A lot of vacationers are very happy that that, the, you know, that got sorted out. Good. So these are now, they are no longer Greek. They no longer right. belong to the Eastern Empire. They are fully Spanish now. Right. Or I suppose they are fully Al-Andalusian. Right. And you know, middle-class English families in the 20, 20th century have some place to run off to. Okay, good. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, Abdel Rahman II also paid attention to international affairs. Oh, all right. The one, the thing that's most mentioned in the sources is his relationship with the Eastern Roman Empire. Empire. Mm, mm. An envoy came from Constantinople to Abdel Rahman II's court, yeah, saying, "God, that's a long trip." It was a very <laughs> long trip, but he came with a proposal. I, I ran out of Mediterranean. That's how long it took. Uh, okay. All well, right. here was the proposal. The proposal was, hey, you know how the caliphate, when your family was in charge of it, mm-hmm. it was in Damascus, and yeah. you were in charge of the entire world, and now it's those Abbasids in Baghdad. Uh-huh. You remember that? Yeah. You remember how they killed yeah. all your ancestors? Mm-hmm. You know that? There's a Would very you... exciting story about the flight and people getting killed in a river, and you, you, you trust me. Yeah, I'm sure you remember. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't it be great if you and us fought mm-hmm. them together? Uh-huh. Because they're like right on our border and it's yeah. getting annoying. Yeah, team up, team up. Let's do this. Yes. So this started the first interchange between the Byzantine Empire and uh-huh. Spain since the Visigoths, since Leo the It's been a minute. It's uh, been a wow. minute. Wow, wow. All right. This did not come <laughs> to anything, unfortunately. Aren't you the same? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, Al Rockman said, 
aren't you guys the center of Orthodox Christianity? Yeah, technically, uh, obviously. But we hate little, the same people. But, but, but we hate the same people. We hate like, the exact same uh, people. So why don't we work on. together? So uh, there was a lot of interesting interchange, especially cultural interchange, as the envoys from it, each court went back and the forth. The conversation must have been amazing. Yeah, the envoy that Abdel Rahman sent to the court in Constantinople was basically mm -hmm. just like, "Holy crap! Holy yeah. crap! Yeah! <laughs> oh, holy crap! That's mm -hmm. that's like what his." letters back to Abdel Rahman the second of course they were like oh my gosh all right you, you you think our architecture is amazing let me tell you yes <laughs> so so that that is a very interesting bit that Abdel wow. Rahman paid attention to that others I mean I don't really know that Al-Hakam had the time after this intermediate period mm -hmm. of dealing with Merida and talking to the Byzantine emperor and Vikings mm -hmm. and things like that there were a couple more excursions against Asturias that were mentioned. Okay, sure. Right, right. as, as um, you know, again, yeah. intramural, intramural, sure. Intramural. So mm -hmm. there's there's another battle that was mentioned in 838. Mm -hmm. Then there was another one that was mentioned in 840. Mm -hmm. And then another one mentioned in 845. 845 oh. was probably the most fruitful of these okay. expeditions because and we we haven't even talked about this city yet because it has mm -hmm. not been it hadn't been founded by the time alfonso the second passed but oh. the city of leon oh all right hugely important city yes i, I yeah, we, we we we've heard of that one <laughs> yes well uh it wasn't so grand at this point it was just starting out and in the 845 expedition the muslims quote arrived before the city of leon which they besieged battering its walls with war engines until the inhabitants deserted the city upon which the muslims entered it plundered whatever they found and set fire to it Ah, well, everybody comes back and says, well, we're going to have to put all of that back up on the shelf. Yes. Uh, this is going to take a while. Yes. So uh, we kind of see the same sort of thing happening here that we have in other uh, reigns, I think. Right. Uh, where, where we have uh, the intramural sports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People get distracted by other internal concerns. And then right. the intramural sports again at the end. Mm -hmm. Right before Abdel Rahman II died right mm -hmm. before his reign ended. So this is at about the year 850. Okay. He had to deal with one more rebellion. Uh, but always. this rebellion was a little different than, yes. for example, the one he dealt with of Muhammad in Merida. Mm -hmm. This was a rebellion of Musa ibn Musa. Oh, well, it's a portentous name. Musa uh, ibn Musa mm -hmm. is the child of Musa ibn Fortun, who I mentioned in the yes. Vikings. Bit, mm -hmm. right yes. this is the leader of the banu kasi the oh, patriarch okay. yes yes all and right he is going to become one of the most important people in the region of uh navarre at this time oh all right all right i will uh so so basically what happened i will read you the quote but mm. just to sum it up before i get there mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. musa ibn musa is the son of Musa ibn Fortun, and mm -hmm. he is also half-siblings on his mother's side with Inigo Arista. Inigo mm. Arista is about to become the king of the Basques. Oh, oh my. All right. So this is an important family indeed. This is a very <laughs> important family. All right. What happened is one of their kinsmen uh, had his lands taken away from him by another local important person. The details are not super important. Mm, but Musa mm. ibn Musa 
Ed, Inigo Arista, decide that this is the time that they are going to revolt. Oh, wait, wait uh, a Basque decided it was time to revolt? Get out. Well, how? Well, what what you basically have here is this hugely important Mualad family, which yes. has been loyal to Cordoba since the conquest. Sure. Suddenly deciding, and, nope, no more. Yeah. Hmm. Any idea exactly what triggered it? I mean, do we, I mean... I mean, all the sources say it was because of their kinsman being deprived of his lands. Okay, but that all right. seems very. I agree with you. It does seem I, yeah, very it just, small. Yeah, it feels that again. That feels like a uh, yeah, a pretense. Um, okay, all right. The power of the Banukasi in this area is huge. Sure, and it might just be that he wanted to hold on to the amount of power that he mm, had. Mm, sure. Sure. Right. No, well, that make, that makes sense. He might have been thinking for a while how to how to break away from Cordoba. Mm, okay. Well, right. that that definitely makes sense. In which case, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's trivial. It it if it's a matter of honor, there's no such thing as a small matter of honor. No. Um, so okay. So the family has gone to gone from helping out Abdel Rahman II fight off Vikings, right, to, to within ten years rebelling yeah, and right, right. becoming their own basically. Right under their own jurisdiction. Seceding, yeah, sure. They've been playing kind of a game between all the different powers of the region. Um, okay, and I think I mentioned sure. this back in Alfonso the First's episode when he first went to put down a rebellion in Alava. Right, right. I mentioned that yes. Alava is culturally Basque. It is part mm -hmm. of the kingdom of Asturias, but it is also considered part of the mm -hmm. Basque country. Mm -hmm. And we talked right. a little bit like, why would you... Why would you bother with that? And I mentioned that the Banu Kasi are rising at this point, and he was mm -hmm. probably afraid that if he didn't take Alava back, mm -hmm. then the Banu Kasi would snap. Would, him, right, right, right. Because the Banu Kasi are based in Navarre, and Navarre at this time is also part of the, the oh, Basque land. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. All right. Right. So now we're several decades on from that, and the Banu Kasi have reached their height. Okay. This is what uh, the Chronicle of Alfonso III has to say about Musa ibn Musa. I will not be silent about what I know to have occurred. A certain man by the name of Musa, a goth by birth, but deceived by the Mohammedan rite along with all of his family, which the mm. Chaldeans call the Banu Kasi, uh -huh. rebelled against the Cordoban king and took control of many cities, partly by the sword and partly by treachery. Oh. First, first he took Saragossa and then from mm. there Turela and Huesca and after that Toledo, where Musa installed his son by the name of Lupe as prefect. Woof. All right. That's a huge amount. We're talking about the entire yeah, like northeast a lot of Spain. yeah mm -hmm. it is a lot later musa turned his arms against the franks and the gauls and brought about great slaughter and pillage okay once again well, this is kind of a uh, the reference does not seem to be completely accurate at this mm. time and place mm -hmm. but it's another force that the banu kasi had to contend with so not just right. the asturians not just cordoba but mm -hmm. they're right on the border with um, yeah. aquitaine Right, 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 and there are several all going all the way back to Duke Odo. You remember him? Oh God, yes. Back that at is, the beginning that of the seven hundred, way back. Sure, there are references where Duke Odo, for example, would go. He would be like, "All right, we're going to fight Charles Martel," mm -hmm. and then he would say, "Oh, but the Basques betrayed us. They didn't come." Oh, of course, they right? Mm -hmm. Implying that he expected they should. 
So the alliances are very intertwined here. Yeah. Uh, The Chronicle of Alfonso III then goes on Mm. to say, on account of these victories, Musa swelled Mm -hmm. so much in pride that he demanded that his men call him the third king of Spain. (laughs) Now, is Al-Rachman going to be cool with this? I think not. He's not not super cool with this. (laughs) No. However, he doesn't really have... He can't really do much about it because he dies mm. within two years. Oh, crap. <laughs> he dies right. in 852. Ah, all right. Uh, and actually, Musa ibn Musa moves on to really become more of Asturias' problem after this. Okay, all right. So we don't really get a good ending to this story right now. Right, But I right. did want to bring up Musa ibn Musa is be- is now on the be- scene because he's going to be a problem for another monarch. He is uh, going yeah, to become okay. a, he is right. going to be a problem for several more years now. And oh, we'll excellent. get into that when we right. go back to Asturias. Fair enough. Abdel Rahman then, after ruling for quite some time, he he outlived uh, Alfonso II, but he started oh. later than Alfonso II. Sure, so it's sure. not like he was just, just yeah, just super super old. Right. Uh, Abdel Rahman uh, passed mm-hmm. of natural causes, as far as yep. we know, in 852, 60 years Boring. old. Still left. Left two hundred children. Two hundred children. Apparently, uh, the oldest <sighs> one also was named Muhammad, and he is going uh-huh. to inherit and become Muhammad okay first. So no, despite having all those children, no fighting about the succession, which is crazy. Yes, insane. Absolutely I mean, insane. What are we just Hunger Games? This? I mean, yeah. how do we do this? Yeah, I don't know. And that is the end of Good his life. Lord. An extremely splendorous rain yes all right yeah wow. lot 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 to talk about a lot to mm. talk about mm. so you want to rate them yes i do our first category is conquistadores how much land did he conquer how good was he at war I think hmm. he was pretty darn good. Yeah, he seems to have, you know, he, again, I, I don't, obviously there's not a lot of conquest. I mean, that's, that's. No, but he did take the Balearic Island. He did. He did take the island. So the the, the borders moved in the right direction. So we, we have to give him credit there. And um, he sacked Leon. I yes, mean, it yes. wasn't as, as important a city then as it is now, but True. it was, but it was still, a brand yeah. new city and he stomped yeah. all over that's it. That's a, you know, that's, that's something in the wind column. Built a fleet, which yes. I consider to be very important. I think that's really important if you're going right. to be a conquistador. Yes. He beat the Vikings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... A, yeah, that's no, that's, good. that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And of course, we have the intramural wars. You don't get the sense of him as being a particularly war-happy person. No, it wasn't really his thing. His thing no. was more like... But, well, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. His, <laughs> his, his, his thing was a thing that would get us playing castanets for the rest of the episode. But, yeah, really, I mean, obviously... I don't want to really dock him points for the unsatisfactory conclusion to his reign vis-a-vis Musa ibn Musa. Yeah, I really um, wish that had but, wrapped up quicker. So, but there is, yeah, but yeah. There, there's that's a missing battle, um, and that's that. Uh, on the other hand, as you pointed out, he, you know, eight twenty-two, he takes the throne. Eight twenty-two, he invades Galicia. Eight twenty-three, um, you know, there, there's definitely a sense of he understands this is part of the gig, uh, and he's good 
good at it. I don't think a stellar score is is called for here, but no, I think but a, a decent one. But a decent one. So five. Yeah, I was thinking five. Yeah, I will say five. Five. Not yeah, not bad. Not yeah. too bad, Abdul no. Rockman. That is a no. ten for conquistadores. Mm-hmm. Second category is no me digas. Two hundred children. Two hundred children. <laughs> Right. He also, there's lots, he wrote a lot of poetry about how much he loves women and how much he loves wine and, uh, you know, uh, all of the things. There's tales of him bedecking his concubines with jewelry and and (coughs) gems. I Uh, mean, the money at the door. Yeah, the money at the door story is a pretty Mm. good one. He said, he, he, he literally sat down, he was like, every day she doesn't talk to me. Yeah. Give her more money until she'll Give talk her a little to more. Me. Really good. A lot of goods. And and the nice thing is, uh, obviously, we mostly talk about scandalous stuff, bad stuff here, you know, room of knives yeah. and poison and so forth. On the other hand, I would just talk about this guy all the time, but I would talk about him the way you would talk about a delightfully, shall we say, degenerate rock star. That's um, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. He he didn't poison a whole bunch of people. No. When he was offered the opportunity to completely sack Merida, he said, right. "You know what? Yeah. Let's just back off. Let's just I, let God handle it." I I I think that he maybe took the right lesson from being present at the massacre that at his the massacre father, of the ditch. As in, yeah. oh, life is short. Uh, yeah. you got to make the most of every second you have because. At any time, you could get your freaking head cut off. Well, um, and all of the stories are that he's extremely generous, that he's yes. well read. He loves right. to discuss literature and poetry and astronomy. Like, yeah. he just I mean, seems like he wanted to enjoy as much of this life as he could, because as not... you said, it could be gone at any time. I will say, I mean, we've been we've been doing this this podcast for a bit, and I will say. Far and away, this is the guy whose court I want to live in. Most. I want to be in this guy's like, court. This is, I mean, and it's not even close. I mean, you know, what are you going to choose? Jinda Swinth? I don't think so. I don't no. want to be a ch- I, no. I want to live, I want to live in Abdel Rahman's court. Yes. This sounds amazing. And um, unlike his father, there are no stories of him, like, getting angry at people delivering bad news. Right. Like, he seems like a really congenial no, guy. This, this is, this, yeah. And at the same time, you'd never stop talking about it. On the other oh, hand, yeah. I don't know that I would gossip about the, about the guy, because chances are a person you're talking to is his kid. Um, <laughs> That's true. So, again, nothing, nothing really disgraceful no nothing um, disgraceful but no uh, but a but, lot a lot yeah going on. i would say what are you what are you thinking i mean i'm thinking like a six or a seven i'm thinking you know? six yeah i was i was gonna go with six or seven i'll go with six and if you well, want to go yeah all right yeah. you can go with six and i'll go with seven yeah yeah it's, it's definitely the most fun scandal oh had. this is yeah this is absolutely and and clearly he had the most fun he did uh this is, and I, I have to say, you know, every so often you hear the story of a king or a president who clearly really loved the job, not just loved the privilege, but loved the what what being a ruler allowed him to do. And I see this guy as someone who let's build another mosque. Let's, you know, patronize. Let's write, you know, the equivalent of an opera. Let's do this. And why? 
because I'm king. Uh, I like, oh, okay, good, good reason, good reason. Look, I want another um, pleasure garden. What's wrong right, with that? It, exactly. Build and, the aqueduct. Just to, just to be clear, I'm not freaking Nero. I'm not ignoring my responsibilities to mm-hmm. do this. I work hard. I play hard. That's what I'm going to do. Love that. Love yes. that in a leader. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Love, love this guy. Yeah, no, I, I will. You know what? I'm going to say yeah, seven. Think, I'm going to say seven. Screw it. Okay. <laughs> I think the comparisons to Charles II are quite uh, apt. Very, yeah, very apt. Okay. All right. All right. A seven, seven. from you and a seven from me. Yeah. That is a 14 for Domain right. Degas. I mean, if a, only a happy Viking. 14. Yeah, a very happy 14. The next category is orthodoxia. How, what did they do to promote their faith? This is kind well, of an interesting one. He, yes. he built mosques and he expanded the great mosque of Cordoba. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. His behavior was not exactly always in keeping with this was, Islamic This was not tradition. a pious man. Um, he, he wasn't known to be super pious. No. However, at this point, the influence of um, Islamic judges such as Malik Ibn Ans mm-hmm. is growing and growing in, okay. in Cordoba. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of place where you can, as a serious scholar, you can go and study and make pronouncements. And this okay. means that there is a significant conservative segment in society hmm. that is growing. Okay. And Abdel Rahman II sometimes had to make concessions oh, to, really? to these people. And he was willing to do it. Hmm. For example, there was a lot of complaining about alcohol consumption in oh, Al-Andalus really? at the time. Uh-huh. We know that Abdel Rahman II loved him some wine. Yes, yet, I'm sure he did. Yeah. He authorized the destruction of several vineyards in the Cordoba area right. under pressure from the conservative sure. sectors of society. Right. He was Just willing- to be clear, he didn't own any of those. Oh, Just- no, he can still get <laughs> right. his wine from yeah, other no, oh, exactly. no, of course. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Nice. So he nice. was willing to do that. He also continued to appoint judges from this more conservative um, uh, sure. scholarly tradition. No, I mean, well, this, you know, he he's not going to be flagrantly, uh, shall we say, uh, dismissive uh, right. uh, of his faith. Um, the- and I mean, building mosques, that's, yes. you know, I, 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 that strikes me as the exact kind of happy compromise between I want to be, you know, the builder, the maker, the patron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got to be a good Muslim. How can I do this? I can build cool stuff that people can worship in. Yes. Um, which I love. I think that's really nice. Now, there is one thing that happened during Abdel Rahman II's reign mm-hmm. that I haven't yes. said until now. And okay. this it, it fits perfectly into this category, which is why I reserved it. Okay. This is All the right. issue of the martyrs of Cordoba. Mm. All right. Go 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 on. <laughs> so in general, it wasn't that bad to be a Christian in Al Andalus. Right. Or a Jew, right? Right. Right. They're people of the book. Correct. You were free to Mm -hmm. uh, worship how you wished. Right. Uh, You were free to practice your religion in private, Mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The one thing you couldn't do was, uh, for example, to go shouting down the streets that Muhammad was a false prophet or anything like that. Hush, yes, hush about that. Uh, however, just because this was the law of the land did not mean that Christians and those of other faiths didn't experience discrimination. Oh yeah, bigot's gonna bigot. That's yes, that's of course. Happen. Yeah, this 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 would happen in any society. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened around this time in about the eight forties was mm-hmm. this martyrdom movement in Cordoba. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Martyrdom is really big right now in the Middle Ages. Just oh, well, okay, no, yes, Europe. it is. Of course, Not, it is. Oh, by by this, I mean stories of martyrdom. Sure. Like, you go to church and the priest preaches about the martyrs from like sure. Nero's time who were fed to lions and blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? Well, you go to church and you're thinking, God, my life sucks. And the priest says, yes, it does, but it could be much worse. But the good news is the worse it gets, the more God loves you. Like, exactly. oh, okay, I, I guess that, that scans. All right, I'll go back to peasanting. It's fine. <laughs> So because of the popularity of these martyr narratives at mm-hmm. this current time in, in our cultural history, right, and because of the society that they lived in, where Christianity mm-hmm. was not a right. majority religion, where it right. had been uh, not old, not, not, you know, not too long ago, not too yes. long ago, right? Uh, there was a movement in Cordoba where people attempted to become martyrs. Oh, no. They would do this by marching into the closest official uh, office building that they could find, Uh find a judge or a minister or an imam or somebody and say, I don't believe that Muhammad is a prophet of God. Oh, this is so dumb. It this was is so, so this is dumb. so dumb. This is this is and I, and I'm sorry, but this is people going to a court that issues uh gay marriage licenses and trying to get arrested. I mean, that's this is this is that same impulse, but a little more serious because these people are risking their lives. And they did in fact risk their lives because several of them were put to death. Uh because and, that's the law. And the Muslim judges must have just been, oh, head in the hands again. Well, uh, this only really served to encourage the other people who were taken in by this movement, because now these people were martyrs for their faith. Oh, God. They went a, in and said a statement of their own faith and were killed by great, it. We've just got like a Nero and the lions. Cult. This is a death cult. Oh, lovely. Abdul Rahman called a, a, a council of bishops. Mm-hmm. This is the first time, and I think probably the only time that that must have been a very weird invitation to get. (laughs) A Muslim king approached the Archbishop of uh, Cordoba. Yeah. Yep. And said, "We need to call a church synod." Yeah. Right now, this is as weird for me as it is for you, but we got to do this. We have to do this. You have to tell people to stop glamorizing martyrs. Stop doing this. Which they did. They had a church oh, council. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> they had a church council that was called by a Muslim king where yep. they were meant to craft a statement condemning the martyrdom. Yeah. Literally <laughs> everybody thinks this is stupid. <laughs> well, the thing of it was, is that the statement that they ended up releasing mm-hmm. was pretty anodyne. Because oh, the bishops, the bishops were like, we can't really condemn martyrdom. Like no. everything we've been saying for the past 800 years then. Yeah. Yeah. But but they did, in fact, and it was an ongoing effort with more moderate priests and more moderate Christians to tamp mm-hmm. down. But I just think it's yeah. so funny that they got That's together. They were very like, funny. Stop. We have yep. to stop yep. this. Knock it off. <laughs> Eventually, the fervor did organically die down. Uh, along yeah, with well, I was going to say, eventually you run out of people uh, <laughs> who are crazy enough to do it. Yeah. But 
but it's interesting to me that Abdel Rahman II was willing to jump into Christian affairs like that because right. it was harming the stability of uh, this convivencia that they had going on right. in, in um, Cordoba. Right, and and bearing in mind that the convivencia is it's very Muslim in a sense. That is mm-hmm. to say, it's it's very Islamic in in, in the the. The self-presentation of Islam is this is this is the way, but we understand that not everybody is ready for the way. And that doesn't mean that you're invalid as a person. So you've got to live with us. And there's 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 something very positively uh, pious about that. Yeah, um, it's just interesting that at the same time, we yeah. have this very conservative streak in Cordoban society. And right. we also have right. this. All right, come on. We got to figure out how to live together. Guys, guys, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are we going to yeah. give him for orthodoxia? He wasn't well, super pious. No, although I will But he say made it, it work. It, it occurs to me he did make a lot of Muslims. Um, <laughs> he made a lot of them personally. At, at least 200 uh, that we know he made of. a lot uh, of them personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, the mosque. I mean, so he gets points for that. For the obviously. mosque of Seville the, and for expanding the, the mosque of Cordoba yes, and that, building smaller mosques in and, other yeah, no, neighborhoods I mean, of Cordoba. Uh, that's that's going to get him. I will, I, yeah, because of the mosque and because of the general, uh, ugh. mostly because of the mosques, I'm going to say five. I think that's fair. I don't really want to get too much higher than that. No, 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 no. That says more like an Alfonso the Second, right? You know, right? Or a Hisham, right? right? Um, and besides, leaders like him are the kind of people who make their religion more popular. Um, yeah, he definitely made it seem like good. Yeah, like I would want, like you said, I want exactly. to be in that court. I want to be in that court, and and if being a Muslim is is, is part of the price of admission, screw it, absolutely. Oh. If th- if this guy is the epitome, fine, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> yes. So five from you, five from me. That mm-hmm. is a ten mm-hmm. for orthodoxia. He's doing bad. very well. He's yeah, doing very well. Our final category with points is El Resto. What sort of mm. other things that go along with being king did he do? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about all the building projects. We've talked yes. about all the money that he brought in mm-hmm. from uh, the tributes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he certainly created years. a legacy. Yeah, he reigned for 30 years. Something yes. I didn't mention, he founded the town of Murcia. Oh, all right. Murcia is a town uh, in the southeast of Spain. Mm. It's also the name of the autonomous community um, around it. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it was probably founded after the Balearic Islands were taken to have mm. a, you know, a, another place close to, yeah, from, sure, yeah, sure. Apart from just Valencia. Okay. But um, I've been there. It's mm-hmm. okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't say much about it, but he found, he, he's known for founding mm-hmm. um, okay. Murcia, right. uh, along with all the building and such that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 200 children yes he he died of natural causes mm-hmm. pretty good and the inheritance bad. went straight to his oldest went son muhammad son. Uh, uh, up against some pretty thorough competition clearly yes. um all right um and i also have some uh images to show you which oh, all right. i do not normally no i'm interested uh this first one is a statue 
Oh, the only wow. reason that there is a statue is because it's in Murcia. Oh, okay. Oh, of course there is. Yeah. Oh. So there's there's a statue of him. Okay. Apparently. It's it's yeah. It's 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 impressionist. Um, you know, yeah. we're not we're not going for realism here. We are um, not. But but uh, but he's beardy and no, uh, it's not a bad it's not a bad statue. Um, it, it's and and in fact, I I tend to like my statues to be a little unrealistic because otherwise. I worry that it's a street performer. Um, and <laughs> That's not a thing that I've ever uh, thought of, but okay. Right. Um, um, according to uh, different chroniclers of the time who have described mm -hmm. him, because that's usually mm -hmm. the pictures that we get right, of, right. of Islamic rulers, uh, he was very dark. Mm -hmm. He had a very long, like a beaked sort of nose. Okay. Um, his ears were very noticeable. <laughs> That's... He apparently had very okay. and large ears, and huh. I don't know what it's called in English, but that bit between uh, your your nostrils mm -hmm. here on your lip was very oh, yeah, pronounced. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, sure. He also used uh, henna and, and coal a lot to decorate his skin. Hmm. So. All right. But that's that's the physical that's description. Looks nothing lot. like this statue. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I do like that the statue has not only a sword, but mm -hmm. also like the column. Like this is yes. what I did. I built. Yes, stuff. yes, very, very good point. Just like I'm, I'm a man of many accomplishments. Yeah. Um, in fact, strapped to my back, you can't see it as a loot. I'm um, sure it's it's that so, five stringed loot that right. his uh, that his his favorite did. Nice. All right. So okay. what do we want to give him for El Rey still? Well. Uh, certainly uh left behind a lot of people and, and more than anything else he he seems to have been sort of a one-man golden age yeah uh for for i mean i i imagine he strikes me as somebody who if we if we track down uh intellectual tradition discovery music uh he, he, his priorities led to a lot of things happening either immediately or down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's good. Uh, obviously, we have the 200 kids. We have uh, Ibiza. Perdidamente have, mujeriego. Such we a have, great yes, phrase. We, we really do. Uh, as as you say, we have, you know, we have Ibiza now. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's, I will... And of course, he built he built stuff. He built stuff. He built I mean, a lot I, of stuff. I'm inclined to give him a six or a, I mean, a six. I feel. Um, I'm actually yeah. even a little more impressed. I was thinking oh. a seven. All right, I you know you could talk. You know what? You, yeah, I think seven six feels low. I will give him a seven. Yeah. Um, he a... may have our best sort of overall scores. I mean, he he strikes me as somebody who. He hasn't had a category. No, he hasn't knocked anything completely out of the park. But man, he never dropped the ball in any of these categories. He did um, not. Uh, a seven from you and a seven from me makes a 14 yeah. for El Resto. Yeah. And that makes his overall score a 48. Wow. Good, good for him. Good, good for, for him. him. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, that just leaves us with one more question. Does okay. he have the kind of... Uh, story and legacy that would lead us to let him sign the Fuero, the Charter of Rights, or do we tell him Fuero? Okay. I don't want to lose this guy. No. I want to keep him around. Are you kidding? No, 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 no. This guy has to stick around. No, um, I 100% agree. Yeah, no, no. Love, love this guy. We'll, we'll not part with him. 
Um, this is our, I think, third Fuero in a row for the South. They, they're, well, they, you know, we're just in a period where they're doing very, very well. Um, well, I think I told you when we started with Abdel Rahman the first, I was right. like, we're going to have a lot of rulers that are all have very long and very mm -hmm. good reigns. And yeah, hard yeah. For us That's this is impressive. I, I have to say, yeah, absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Still, Although, though, Abdel Rahman the second is the highest. I think so far. Oh, really? Of yeah. The, of the, previously, of this we era? had 45, 41. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's the highest, I think, so hmm. far. Well, he's certainly the most likable. Yes, um, definitely. Well, congratulations, Abdel yes. Rahman II. Well you done, sir. are signing the Fuero. Excellent. Yes. Party at the court afterwards. Seriously. Um, party at the court all the time. Absolutely. Before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. For all right. sure. It is time for recommendation. Excellent. All right. Uh, you I, want to go first? I can go first. I'll go cool. first. Um, I, you actually have heard me uh, recommend this uh, recently. Um, I, I, as you know, I just got back from uh, Europe. Yes, um, we paused and, our uh, recordings for a little yes, bit. Yes, and I, uh, when I, my, during my time in Paris, I discovered for me, the perfect uh, dessert. Uh, and I, I was maybe a little hesitant because we are doing a Muslim, but this guy liked to drink. So I am going to He'd go ahead to and include uh, that element. Okay, so this is this is the perfect dessert. Um, and it, the, the e e both parts are equally essential. Uh, tart to tan and Poir Williams. Tart to tan is, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it is a pastry. Uh, and it is a pastry dish that it basically involves four ingredients, uh, which is your uh, crust, uh, apples, many, many, many apples, uh, and a little bit of sugar and a little bit of uh, water to help with the caramelization. And that's it. You basically transform very slowly the apples themselves into a custard. Uh, and then you put the custard, custard in a crust and then you bake it uh, and it caramelizes beautifully. And what you have is something that is sort of crisp on top and creamy in the center and you're eating apples. Um, and it is just uh, an utterly delightful uh, dessert. And then you must pair with it and pardon the pun yeah. uh the uh the eau de vie uh eau de vie uh refers to a category of clear fruit-based brandies um uh they tend to be very uh mild uh and slightly sweet uh this is poire williams which is surprisingly made from williams pears uh and it is generally served they serve it in Paris. They serve it in a snifter that they get a tiny little ice bucket and they put it on it slightly on its side and they serve it to you that way so that the, the glass is mostly out of the ice except for the area in which the liquid, liquid uh, is contained. It was very uh, elegant. Um, anyway, the pairing of pear brandy with the tart to tan with the apple dessert is perfect. There's really no other word for it. Um, 
every bite you take makes the next sip better. Every sip you take makes the next bite better. Um, it, it is just an amazing experience, and I recommend it. Uh, Tartatan with Par Williams. I think Abdel Rahman II would have loved it. I, I think, yes, I was going to say, this is a recommendation that he would have approved of. Approved All right. Of. Okay. Uh, my turn. recommendation is a book series. Oh, all right. This is the Sholomance uh, series by Naomi Novik. Oh, all right. So this series, it's a trilogy of three mm -hmm. books. And uh, the first one is called A Deadly Education. The mm. second one is called The Last Graduate. And the third one is called The Golden Enclaves. I have huh. not yet read The Golden Enclaves. It's waiting for me at the library. All right. Uh, this is a series about a school of magic. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is different from maybe another series about a school of magic that you might know mm -hmm. because <laughs> it's not written by a well, transphobic monster what? it's not <laughs> but it's also uh the author and, and she has said this in in interviews and such mm -hmm. if you sit down and you think about the implications and natural consequences of a world in which mm -hmm. magic is real and mm -hmm. bitch young wizards are gathered together in a school uh -oh. it's horrifying yes yes it's no that's absolutely that's horrible. that's not charming <laughs> it's not charming this book is not charming this book is okay. terrifying oh good there are lots of monsters mm -hmm. lots of death it's absolutely horrific mm. and it's amazing it is an all right book if you enjoy schools about uh, our stories about wizards in schools but you right. are like there's gonna, all the well, bad guys right then then you want to read this series okay all right so yes. if we started with harry potter and then we read the magicians now we can move on to a deadly education you 100 percent should move on to a deadly education okay yes. all right i will yeah, do that so it's deadly education and then uh last graduate and then mm -hmm. The Golden Enclaves. This is by Naomi Novik. Okay. I highly recommend this book series. I, I will I will I will check this out. This is okay. very good. So oh. next time I think we may talk about Inigo Arista. We may jump oh, and okay. have our very first Basque King. Cool. And we'll cool. do Inigo Arista next. That will be fun. That's All gonna right. be exciting. I have a whole book. It's called All The right. Basques. Okay. Excellent. So we will see you next time. All Bye. right. Bye. Bye.